also want to welcome those who are worshipping with us on LiveGate Outreach TV, our YouTube channel, and those who are listening to this uh, message by audio, either on Buzzsprouts or our podcasts in, uh, in, on the Apple or uh, Android platforms. I want to say God will continue to bless you. Thank you for those that follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and uh, those that encourage us from time to time with their testimonies of the things that God has been doing in their lives, particularly as they are following in the ministry. I pray that God will continue to establish you all in his truth and righteousness always in Jesus' name. We started about four weeks ago a series on uh, living in purposeful creativity. And um, this is a very, this is a series that is very dear to my heart from the perspective of the fact that when God gave me these things, he was giving me things that I have observed in my life over the five decades by God's grace I've been privileged to live so far that have worked for me consistently in being able to fulfill purpose. If you are going to be a person that will fulfill the purpose of God and the mandate of God upon your life, whatever that mandate is, there are certain elements and attributes of life that, you, that are non-negotiable for you. There are many of them, but God put these nine in me for us to share at this time. And we started with vision, discipline, and yet last week we looked at righteousness. And we said the, the concept of righteousness and peace and joy is one that we must even understand from the perspective of scripture. The Bible tells us, as we are looking today at uh, peace, the creative lifestyle of peace, the, which is the second in that three uh, 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 that we talked about from last week, righteousness, peace, and joy. Uh, we looked at it from the perspective of Paul's writing to the Romans in Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. It said, for the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we emphasized last week that this means that it is a whole. It is not righteousness or peace or joy. So it is impossible for a righteous person not to be a peaceful person and a joyful person unless there is a lack of understanding. Where there is understanding, that person who is righteous must also live in peace and must also live in joy. And this is a concept that when you understand and you, you develop yourself in by the word of truth, you find that it works hand in hand indeed. So we spent some time last week to look at what it means to be righteous and what the righteousness of God that we are really is. So I would encourage you to listen to the messages online and uh, you can listen to that message again. But I won't be able to go through it because of our time today. But today we want to look at peace. Verse, 15 says, verse 18 says, For he who serves Christ in these things, in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, is acceptable to God and approved by men. And I told you of the emphasis, I emphasized last week on the importance of being acceptable to God and approved by men. It makes your life unstoppable. When you are acceptable to God, you have the entire backing of heaven every time. When you are approved by men, you have the favor of men. Whether they like you or not, whether they are happy with you or not, is irrelevant because you have divine approval. You know, when you carry a document that gives you divine access to a place, 
The person that is meant to open the door, whether he likes your face or not, is irrelevant. You just have to enter because you are carrying what allows you, what the past that gives you access to the place you ought to go. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says when you serve God with this understanding of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, you will continue to be acceptable to God and you will be approved by men. But let's read verse 19 together very importantly. Let's shout it out together. Everybody want to go. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. He said, let us pursue it. The word pursue there means vigorous, intentional, active, seeking. Vigorous, intentional, active, seeking. It means you are doing it deliberately. You are not, you are not going after peace casually. You are in pursuit. You know when you are pursuing something, you know how it is. Yeah? When I was in secondary school, I won't tell you which secondary school I went. You don't need to know. But I, we, we used to pursue some things like that. Because when we catch them, we roast them. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I won't tell you more than that. You can figure it out. When we catch them, we roast them. But we, we pursue them vigorously. Hallelujah. Some of you are saying, what is he talking about? <laughs> but the truth is, when you are after something, you are strategic. You position yourself. You look for that thing to, 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 to actually engage. So when he says, we need to pursue the things... We need to pursue the things. It means that we are intentional. Peace is not something we get casually. We pursue it. Everything that will make for peace. The Bible says, but everything that lies within your power, be at peace with all men. Everything that is possible, make sure that you are peace, at peace. Because that we need to pursue these things because by which one we may continue to edify one another. I pray that God will give us this understanding even deeper in Jesus' name. So Jesus Christ, we established last week, is our righteousness. And his promises are that he will help us with the Holy Spirit and his peace. Now, we read, for those of you who are listening to this by uh, broadcast, audio, or video, we read during the Bible reading today, just a few minutes ago, we read from John chapter 14, from verse 15 to verse 27. This was an excerpt of one of the things that Jesus said to his disciples on what we call the very, very uh, important week, the Thursday, particularly the day before he was crucified. He said many things to them. He said in, at the beginning of verse chapter 14, he said, let not your heart be troubled. I am going to a place. In my father's house are many mansions, and I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And he kept on telling them about how God loves them and that his going away was going to bring the Holy Spirit and that the coming of the Holy Spirit will inform their help. Let's look at verse 25. He said, when the Spirit of God comes, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you, verse 26. He said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. The work of the Holy Spirit is to continue to teach us and to remind us. Somebody said to teach me and to remind me. Those are two things. He will teach you what you don't know yet and remind you what you have known but you forgot. Because there will be times when your faith will be tested and even the things that you have known will be forgotten. The work of the Holy Spirit will be to remind you. And this is the concept of peace that we must understand and appreciate. That we lose our peace when we don't know certain things, either the provisions of God 
or the ones we know we have forgotten because of the pressure we are facing. Praise the Lord. And so the work of the Holy Spirit is to help us to maintain peace, which he talks about in the next verse, but before we get there, the work of the Holy Spirit is to help us to maintain peace. And the way he does it is that he will teach us the things that we need to know about the word of God that will help us to walk in peace and to remind us of the things that we need to remember. Look at what Jesus said in verse 27. He said, about my peace, he said, peace I live with you, number one. My peace I give to you, number two. Not as the world gives do I give to you, number three. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, number four. He said four things there that are very, very important. And when you gain an understanding of these four perspectives of peace, the peace of Jesus Christ, it changes everything. It makes your life one that is above the normal. You live supernaturally, naturally, as far as peace and a peaceful lifestyle is concerned. Our world is trying to define peace. Many times we hear of peacekeeping missions. Many times we hear of peace efforts. We hear peace everywhere. Leave me to be in peace. Everybody wants to be in peace. We hear about peace. But the truth of the matter is that the peace that the world gives is not exactly the same peace with the peace of Christ. So we need to understand we love peace. We want peace. So much so that when people die, we tell them to rest in peace. Whatever, however chaotic their lives had been before that time. We just believe they should rest in peace. Because we just want peace. Everybody wants peace. And peace, peace, peace. But Jesus said, look, this peace that the world is craving, I am going to leave it with you. And just for emphasis, I will let you know it is my peace. And again, just for emphasis, it is not the kind of peace that the world is looking for and they are craving after. Because I have a peace that will help your heart not to be troubled. And so we're going to take time to look at these four things today. When he said peace, number one, he's talking about his peace, his shalom. God's peace, the shalom of God. In the Old Testament, we call him Jehovah Shalom, the God who is our peace. Is the same one that we refer to as Irene, and we got the name Irene in the Greek rendition in the New Testament. But we need to understand what it means. It is not the absence of trouble. It is not the absence of turmoil. But it is the power of God that is able to fuel the power in trouble the power of satanic forces that are snatching the comfort the ease and the 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 peace as it were the settling of mankind so when we talk about peace the world is trying to get rid of those things but god said it is not about getting rid of those things because those things are part and parcel of the human system there is no way there will not be chaos there is no way there will not be things that will want to make you anxious. There is no way there will not be things that will make you want to make you fearful. Those things will always exist as long as we are in this world. Jesus said you shall have tribulation. But you must understand that the peace of God does not deny the existence of those things. But it is the shalom force, the gift of God that helps us to overcome their effects on us. So everything good and godly is packaged in the word shalom. 
in that peace that he lives with us. This is why the Hebrews up till today, if you visit Israel or you meet a, a, a Jewish person, the first thing they will greet you is shalom, shalom. It is not, they are not saying peace as in don't have trouble. They are not saying peace as in, you know, don't, don't experience pain or don't experience discomfort. That's not what they're saying. But they're saying peace, which means Jesus' peace, God's peace, which is about enforcing godly traits and godly power into your situation. Getting you the good and perfect. The Bible calls it the perfect peace. Jesus, the Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 17, he said, every good and perfect gift comes from above and comes from the Father of light in whom there is no variableness, neither a shadow of turning. We are talking here about perfection of life enforced by God, despite opposition, despite difficulties, despite challenges. There is a realm that this peace is, and until believers learn that their righteousness gives them access to it, they suffer like everybody else. But you will not suffer in Jesus' name. In Romans chapter 16, verse 19, he said, for your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good. I want you to be excellent at what is good. And I want you to be simple concerning evil or be innocent concerning evil. If you want to enjoy this peace, you must be excellent at looking for good. Everything good is God. When we talk about good, we're talking about God. We're not talking about good from the definition of man. Man can say certain things are good, but only what God calls is only what is godly is good in the eyes of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Bible says you be wise in those good things and be simple concerning evil. What the devil wants you to do is to be as clever as possible concerning the things of evil. To continue to partake of evil because evil occurrence and evil participation denies you of the grace to enjoy the peace of God. Every time a person puts their hand forward into iniquity and into the things of evil, they diminish the capacity to enjoy this kind of peace. This is why the devil thrives in making people feel guilty. He thrives in making people feel shameful because he knows that as long as there is a participation with evil, it becomes very difficult. So Paul said, look, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise concerning what is good. Always choose the good because every time you choose the things that are evil, you open yourself up to turmoil and pain and much more those things that rob you of the peace of God. In verse 20, he said, when you are simple concerning evil and you are wise concerning good, he said, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Every Sunday in this place when we pray and we get to the place and we pray that he will crush Satan under our feet. I ask us to say it three times because it is so important. It is a covenant that as many who are aligned to the God of peace, as many who are walking in righteousness, they have the satanic forces of life that are challenging their peace and challenging their joy, challenging their righteousness, crushed under their feet every time. And may you continue to have him crushed under your feet in Jesus' name. He said, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you in the name of Jesus. So Jesus said, it is peace. This is the shalom I live with you. Then secondly, he said, it is my peace. He said, my peace. 
This Jesus' peace is what is called the objective peace. The peace that Jesus secured for us when he went to the cross of Calvary. This is the peace that he gave us when he died. The Bible makes us to understand that this is the peace we now have with God. Anyone who is not born again, anyone who has not accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross can never experience peace with God. We experience peace with God because we accept Jesus Christ. This is why a lot of people say they are at peace today, but they are not really at peace. They are in a form of what looks like peace, but the only one true peace that we have with God comes about by faith in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5 verse 1, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not through the things that we know, not through philosophy, not through the ideologies of man, not through the many religions established by man. It says through our Lord Jesus Christ, we have been justified by faith. The Bible says, them whom he called, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, them whom he called, he foreknew, them whom he foreknew, he called, them whom he called, he justified. He justified. And them whom he justified, he glorified. The glory is not just the one we will receive after we go to heaven, but it is the enjoyment of peace on earth. It includes the enjoyment of peace on earth, the enjoyment of God's kind of life right here on earth. Eternal life is not the life we have after now. It is the life we have right now by being justified. We must understand that having been justified, we have peace with God. Friends, everything starts with this objective peace of Christ. If you don't have it, you cannot have inner peace, which we will talk about. You cannot have inner peace. This is why the, the subject of one's being born again and becoming righteous through Jesus is non-negotiable. And I know we are living in a world where there is a push to push as many ideas as possible to reaching God or, or becoming uh, uh, people that are loved by God from many means. While I will always say I have no iota of disrespect for whatever anybody believes. But I have settled my life by the grace of God and I encourage anyone under the sound of my voice to settle. For this one fact, that the only one way to experience peace with God is what the Bible says, that we are justified by faith and we have that peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. Jesus himself said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one can come to the Father except by me in John chapter 14 verse 6. So Jesus said, that is my peace. In Ephesians 4, Ephesians 2 verse 14, the Bible says, He is our peace. He has broken down the wall of separation. He is our peace. We must understand that the peace that we have with God is one that Christ has given to us. So as people who have become justified, we must not live like those who are yet to be justified. Say to your neighbor for me, as long as you are born again, you have peace with God. The peace with God should keep you confident and satisfied all the days of your life. There is nothing like waking up knowing fully well that everything is taken care of. When I travel, I travel quite a lot. I travel quite a lot in my life. I have traveled to many countries, many times, many hotels. I was trying to count a few days, a, few, a, a, a week ago, about a week ago. 
I was trying to count as many hotels that I've been, and I just lost count many, many times. But you know something? I find that every morning when I wake up, depending on how much of the arrangements have been in place for that journey, the, the situation is different. This is what I mean. When I'm on a trip where everything was just planned haphazardly and we just managed to get there, and there's still a lot to plan, whereby I need to wake up, make some phone calls, send some emails, get a taxi and all those things. And I, have, I wake up with a different kind of mindset because I am burdened with everything I need to do. But when I know that everything has been so systematically planned and it is almost impossible for the plan to fail, when I wake up, I wake up with much more ease and relaxation. I don't know if you are the same with me. You feel confident, you feel happy because a lot of things have been taken care of. When you have peace with God, that's how it is. You wake up every day knowing that the day is sorted. You wake up every day knowing that you have a God who has said you have peace with him and your matter matters to him. Jesus said, it is my peace. He said, that is what I live with you. He also said, it's not as the world gives. That's the third thing. Not as the world gives. Perfect peace passes human understanding. It only requires absolute trust in God. Isaiah chapter 28 verse 1 to verse 3. Please take time to listen to this again and go through these scriptures yourself. He said, in that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. In the day of trouble, in the day of turmoil, in the day of confusion, there will be a song in the land of Judah. I said there will be a song in your own life. In the name of Jesus. Regardless of what is happening around you at any point in time, you will always have a song. I say you will always have a song in the name of Jesus. He said, God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. Verse 2 says, open the gates. Verse 2, open the gates that the righteous nation, which keeps the truth, may enter in. In that trouble, there are gates that will be opened for the righteous. Don't forget that the Bible says anytime you see the word righteous nation, it's not talking just about a nation as in a collective of people, but it's talking about a nation, you. The Bible says that you are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people, 1 Peter 2, 9. You are a chosen generation, you are a holy nation, you are a peculiar people. So when he says the righteous nation, he's not talking about one big nation. He's talking about you and I who have been called the righteous. He said that when you keep the truth, you will enter in. That gate. What is that gate? Verse 3. Let's shout it together. That gate is called peace. Let's read verse 3 together. One, two, go. Verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Somebody said, perfect peace is my portion. You see, the perfect peace means that it has a total disregard. You see, the people of the world that are not connected, anyone who is not connected to this kind of peace will see things and hear things and uh, experience things that will make them fear and afraid. But when you are in this peace, the Bible says God will keep you in that perfect peace. What you need to do is to keep your mind stayed on him. When, Paul, when Peter stepped out of the boat to walk on water, the Bible says he was walking towards Jesus when Jesus said, come. But when he started to fear, when his mind wandered away, when his mind started to concentrate on the winds, the Bible says he started to sink. It is the same thing for every believer. He said your mind must be stayed on him. Fix your eyes on God. Fix your eyes on his word. Whatever God says is final. Whatever God says is truth. 
when you embrace the truth of the word of God like that and you put your trust in God, God keeps you in perfect peace. You live like somebody who is not experiencing everything that everybody else around you is experiencing. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. But that is the lifestyle of the righteous. And the Bible makes us to understand that God's desire is that we enjoy this peace, not as the world gives, but as he gives to us, perfect peace. May God continue to help you and I to enjoy perfect peace in the name of Jesus. I like to encourage believers to understand that what makes you different is because of the God you have. This does not make us arrogant. This does not make us feel any superior to any other mankind or any other person, but it makes us have an understanding that we don't have to suffer what we don't need to suffer. May God continue to keep us in perfect peace in the name of Jesus. And in verse 4, and in the number 4, he said, let not your heart be troubled. Don't forget, he said, peace, I live with you. He said, my peace, I give to you. That is John 4, 27. Not as the world gives. Not as the world gives, which I've just explained. And he says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That is John 4, 27. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Thank you very much for that. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither, 14, 27, John 14, 27. Neither let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Okay, let's go back to uh, what he said in that place. Are we, that, that, thank you very much. So we're, reading, we're looking at the last bit now. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 14, 27. So this means that you must allow the peace of God to rule in your heart. This is now the subjective peace. The peace that we have that is the peace of God on our inside. We have peace with God because Christ gave us that peace. But we have the peace of God. When you receive that peace and you have now made peace with God, on your inside there is a working of the peace of God. This is what establishes you. It is subjective peace. You are working this peace from within to without. You are working it from within to without. This is dependent on us totally trusting on the peace that we have made with God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. Let's read it together. Colossians 3 verse 15. Let's shout it out loud together. And let the peace of God rule in your heart to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Don't forget Romans 8.29 says, Them whom he foreknew, he called. He called. Your calling is not a calling of vanity. You are called into a life with God. You are justified by faith and you have peace with God. And when you have peace with God, he said, now you have to let it. You have to allow it. You have to let the peace of God. The word let there means allow it. It is there to rule in you. But if you don't allow it, it cannot rule. You still have the power to let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. Even though you are called into the body, even though you are called to be thankful, you have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to conscientiously every time say, Lord, I let the peace of God rule in my heart. I am allowing the peace of God rule in my heart. This is why we call this peace the subjective peace. 
It is subject to you. It is subject to how much you allow it. So when believers look at other believers and say, but how is that brother doing it? How is that sister doing it? It's like they're always at peace. It's like they're always at rest. It's because they are letting it rule. <laughs> it's not because they have a gift that is different from you. You have it on your inside also. So you also must let it rule. You must let it rule. The Bible says that it is in your heart, you are according to that one body. If you see the peace of God in the life of another person, either in scripture or in contemporary times, it means you can see it and experience it in your life. If you see peace in anybody's marriage, either from the Bible or from contemporary times, it means you can have peace in your marriage. If you see peace in somebody's business and somebody's work life and their work ethic and their settlement in the way they do things, it means you too can experience that peace because what they have only done is that they are letting the peace of God rule he said Colossians 3 15 said let the peace of God rule in your heart with this peace we overcome anxiety with the peace of God we overcome anxiety Philippians 4 6 we don't need to turn to it he said be anxious for nothing be anxious for nothing listen friends every stage of life will always present you with some degree of anxiety or the other Every time. People think anxiety will vanish when they move to the next stage. You only need to cross to that stage. The second one is waiting. <laughs> hallelujah. Somebody is looking for a job. The job comes through. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. They settle in the very first day. Anxiety comes. I say, what if you fail at this thing? <laughs> what if this business winds up? What if this anxiety will come anyway? Somebody is praying to have a child. And then the child now comes. Listen, that one is even funny. Very, very funny. And then the child comes and everybody's celebrating. Right there, when they're celebrating, the man is thinking, how am I going to feed this child? How is he going to go to university? The boy is two months old. He's just one week old. He said, how is he going to go to university? How am I going to pay this and pay that? Wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anxiety never stops. You'll be thinking, well, how am I going to marry them? How am I going to take care of my grandchildren? If you want anxiety to continue to roll in your heart, it will keep going. But the Bible says, let the peace of God rule. So anytime the devil is trying to make you anxious, you say, no, I have the peace of God in me. I have the peace of God. And I reject every anxiety. God will continue to help you overcome anxiety. In the name of Jesus. It will help you to overcome worry. Worry is one of the most foolish things a person can do. Most of the things we worry about, we don't even have control over. When you are worrying about things you don't even have control over, what is it going to earn you? What, is it going to, what are you going to gain from it? I don't worry about the things that I don't have. I don't worry about anything, but much more those things that I have no control over. Anything that I am about to worry about, even though I have control over it, I immediately give it to God because if you don't, it becomes anxiety. Every time you must remember... The peace of God that is subjective on your inside is one that you must make rule. What the word rule means, let it take control. When your heart wants to think one way, let the peace of God bring it back and say, no, I refuse to think that way. There are distressing and tribulating tribulations of life that will come our way. John 16, 33, the Bible says about worry, Jesus gave in Matthew 6, 25, Matthew 6, 28, Matthew 6, 31, he said, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. Do not worry. Three times he said in that place. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He said, don't worry like the Gentiles. You are worrying like people who don't have peace with God. You have peace with God. 
So don't worry like people who don't have peace with God. Because when you have peace with God, you have on your inside the peace of God. You just need to let it rule so that you don't worry. May God continue to help you and I to overcome every worry. In the name of Jesus. John 16, 33, he said, in this world you shall have tribulations. It, he wasn't cursing. He's just telling you that it is real. You will have trials. You will have tribulations. Any Christianity that tells you that you will not face trials and tribulations and persecutions is a heretic gospel. It is not of God. But we must understand that he said we should be of good cheer. We should rejoice because he has overcome. I say you should rejoice because he has overcome. In the name of Jesus. With this peace, we overcome those kind of distressing feelings. With this peace, we overcome fear. We overcome fear. Isaiah 43, 43 verse 1 says, do not fear. The Bible says we must not be afraid. Everyone who names the name of the Lord must not live in fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us of the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. He has given us assurance that the matters that we are afraid of have been taken care of. Friends, it is a choice. My prayer with you today is that you make the choice to let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. And he will rule indeed in Jesus' name. You will overcome anxiety. I say you will overcome anxiety. You will overcome worry. You will overcome fear. You will overcome distress. In the name of Jesus, couples help one another. You know, it is easy for one person to start to experience fear. And it can go both ways. At times, the man experiences it. At times, the woman experiences it. If your spouse is experiencing any worry or anxiety, don't join them. Even if they, want you, even if they are begging you to join them in their anxiety. <laughs> they are saying, don't you see that there is a problem? Don't join them. Just say, honey, it is well. And quote the word of God. How we let the spirit of God rule, the peace of God rule and reign, is remember the Holy Spirit. He will teach us all things and he will bring to remembrance the things that have been said. So you go to the word of God. Then you quote the things that have been said. And say it is written. It is written and it is written. Every time you bring that into the situation, like Jesus said, peace be still. He is saying to the disciples, this is our portion. In Mark chapter 4, he said, let us cross over to the other side. Winds began to blow. The disciples thought that they were going to sink. Jesus said, what has made you fearful and who has caused you to doubt? And he said, peace be still. Keep addressing the peace of God. Be the person that is always addressing the peace of God. That is always uh, denouncing the situations of darkness and challenges to your peace and enforcing the peace of God. I want to conclude this by saying peace must be pursued alongside our pursuit of holiness. Hebrews 12, 14. As you are pursuing holiness in life, as you are seeking to be holy, Hebrews 12, 14, please, we must also understand that we must pursue peace. He said pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Friends, this is a mystery that believers are toying with. We must learn how to pursue peace with people. People will not always offer you peace. You have to enforce peace. As long as it lies within your power, make sure that there is no human being. As I stand before you to the glory of God today, there is no one human being that I will open my mouth and tell you I have an issue with. 
That doesn't mean people don't have issue with me. I can give you a list of many of those ones. <laughs> but to say I have one, my, me as I am, that I have put one person that I have issue with them, God forbid, it can't happen. Because I learned long time ago that there is no way I can be holy if I'm having issues with people. They go together. Again, it says unholiness. It's not all holiness. Friends, there is no negotiating the place of pursuing peace. As believers, we are also called to be peacemakers, not peacetakers. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Do you want to enjoy the blessing of the peacemaker? Do you want to enjoy the blessing of the peacemaker? Be a peacemaker. If you want to be called the son of God, be a peacemaker. In your friendships, be a peacemaker. In your marriage, be a peacemaker. When your spouse is trying to be fighting and doing things, be the peacemaker. In that business relationship, when the person at the other end is shouting down the phone and shouting down and saying things, be the peacemaker. The workplace can be very tensing and very, very accusatory in our day and age. People point fingers. That one is wrong. That one is wrong. Heated rooms. Be the peacemaker. Refuse to violate the word of God. Be a peacemaker. Always seeking to bring peace in every situation. We talk about the blessing of the righteous. It comes upon peacemakers, not peacetakers. Let it be that your story is that when you walk into a place, everybody knows that things will settle. Not that when you walk into a place, problem has started. Be the peacemaker. Make up your mind that wherever you are, it is commanded by Jesus Christ that I be a peacemaker and I will continue to be a peacemaker. You will be a peacemaker in the name of Jesus. We need to come to the truths of the word of God for us to live in peace and for us to enjoy the blessings of the kingdom righteousness that we have. We must be peacemakers. It is not easy it cannot be done in the flesh. People will wrong you. People will misunderstand you. People will abuse you. People will cheat you. People will say horrible things about you. But you know something? You've got to make up your mind that there is God, there is a God that is beyond all men who sees all things. When you make up your mind to serve God in that way, he commits to you even beyond your own comprehension. I pray that God will continue to make us peacemakers in the mighty name of Jesus. I conclude finally by saying from Psalm 119, verse 165. The Bible says, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing, nothing, nothing causes them to stumble. Love the law of God. Love his commandments. Love what he has said you should be as a peacemaker, and nothing will cause you to stumble. Some other translation says, And nothing shall by any means offend them. Nothing shall by any means offend them. Do you know that to be offended is a choice? How many people understand? To be offended is a choice. Don't say the, peop the person offended me. He only, you only validate offense because you made it an offense. You only validate offense because you made it an offense. If they said a horrible thing and you just need to have a word with them, have that word. If you don't have the chance, let it be. Leave it to God. Don't keep it as an offense because it will hurt your heart. Your heart will not be hurt. I say your heart will not be hurt. 
everyone who has wronged you before now, the Lord will cause you to have a healing over such situations. In the name of Jesus. Rise to your feet and let us talk to God very quickly. Yeah.